For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Ted Nguyen, who covers the NFL, mainly the 49ers and the Raiders here in the Bay Area, about the Raiders' upcoming game on Saturday against Miami. And while they're 7-7, and they are virtually out of the playoff hunt after losing four of their last five. And of course, the 49ers dropping back-to-back games to NFC East teams have been eliminated from playoff contention in their own right. All stuff we can talk about on the film study side of things with Ted Nguyen, who joins me next. It's Friday, December 25th. Always fun when we can talk 49er and Raider football with Ted Nguyen here of The Athletic. He's our film guy, so let's uh, let's dive into it. Both teams playing on Saturday this week. So, Ted, let's start with the Raiders here. I'm looking at the Raiders, and I'm going, man, this is a team that has playoff aspirations. I think at times this year they've played better than people anticipated. And then I look at their, you know, you do the rundown of, of their scores and the rundowns of their stat sheets. Eight times this year they've given up 400-plus yards of total offense. Not always a recipe for success, man. What are you seeing from the Las Vegas Raiders and this porous defense, especially over the last few weeks? The offense has been kind of carrying this team through the early part of the season, winning some games against some tough opponents, even though the defense was you know leaky, like you said. But as of recently, ever since they played the uh, Atlanta Falcons, the offense just has not been as consistent as they were early in the season. They're turning the ball over. They're, they're still moving the ball, but they're having some trouble in the red zone. And just the turnovers, they're too much to overcome, especially with a defense giving up as many points as they are now. And just you know, talking with other coaches around the league about the Raiders' defense, they just thought that Paul Gunther asked these players to do too much. I think they were just confused I think that they weren't on the same page. So I think Rod Marinelli is going to try to simplify things. And, you know, if the defense doesn't improve, at least simplifying things might get some players to uh, play a little bit better and you could get a, a better evaluation of them. You know, I think they're mathematically out. If they're not, the chances are less than 1%. But the rest of this season is about evaluation and trying to build on what you can bring to next season more than trying to really win these games. Yeah, one and four in their last five are the Las Vegas Raiders. After that loss to the Chargers on Thursday night, and maybe a bit of an outlier because they were missing so many defensive starters, but they still did not play well, didn't take the ball away. You talk about Rod Marinelli taking over the defense. What do you anticipate you're going to see from him that we saw differently from Paul Gunther? I know you said simplifying, but in what context? Like, what are they going to do? Because you're right, the turnover ratio has been terrible over those last five games in which they've lost four of them, 12 turnovers, zero takeaways in each of the last two. What do you expect to see from Marinelli? different than what we saw from Paul Gunther? I think they'll run less coverages. I think the call sheet's going to be a lot smaller than it was with Gunther. Will Compton, a, a former Raider linebacker who played with the team last season, in his podcast, he said, you know, they had like 30 calls just for third down. And that's just like an insane amount of play calls. And I think Gruden, you know, he runs a high volume offense on the other side of the ball. And maybe they try to match that with defense by running a high volume of plays and calls and all that sort of things. But uh, on defense, you're more reactionary. So when you're being like just convoluted with so many things in your head, it's hard to play fast. So just cutting the play sheet down, running just a few coverages, maybe just a couple blitzes and just really simplifying things for the players and trying to clear their heads a little bit and hoping they play better so you get a better evaluation on them because you know you don't really know how his performance is being hindered by the defense being too complex. 
know the defense has been a, a focal point for them because it really has not been good, as we said, over the last month and change. But offensively, Darren Waller is emerging as a you know in a league that's like quickly becoming a tight end thriving league. Darren Waller, I was discussing this with some buddies last week. Where do we rank him in the pantheon of tight ends in the NFL right now? I mean, I know George Kittle, when healthy, is up there. Travis Kelsey's up there. And then I think you got to start talking about guys like Darren Waller. What have you seen from him over the last month or so? I know he's had a couple of huge games. What do you make of his success over the last two years? And, and he's making a Pro Bowl appearance now. This guy has, has been a fantastic receiving tight end for the Raiders. He's been incredible. And uh, it's not just the athleticism because he has like top tier athleticism for a tight end. But just the way he picked up the position, learned the nuances of route running, and he is a below average run blocker. He's trying, and he's at least there's effort, which is uh, a lot better than you could say about some tight ends that are, are mainly known for their receiving. And, you know, last season he really improved on his option routes and learning how to read defenses and reading leverages and breaking off those leverages. And this season has become a real weapon for him. He's picking up things quickly. I, I would say he's third best tight end in the league right now. George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, you can kind of argue who's one or uh, who's two. I think it's just more based on what you're, you know, the system you're asking them to play in. But I would say Waller is comfortably the third best tight end in the league. And when you, you know, it, it's hard to find these guys. You know, not a, not a lot of teams have good, dependable tight ends that could be consistent threats. And the, the Raiders definitely have one in Waller. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Well, I want to bounce around a little bit. I do want to hit on the 49ers. And you mentioned something there about Waller that I want to translate to the 49ers offense here. You mentioned the run blocking. I want to talk about Mike McGlinchey because the 49ers will continue to tell you that, that they think he's playing well. He's playing hard. There have been concerns maybe that he needs to bring his weight up a little bit in the offseason to, to stock up or be a little bit bulkier. But if you look at pro football focus rankings on him, and I don't know how much weight you put into this, they call him the number one run blocker out of week 15. The eye test doesn't always say the same thing, but a lot of times it seems like when he's getting blown up or when he's getting beat at the line of scrimmage it's in crucial situations so what am I missing or what is the the fans eye test missing from what pro football focus is seeing about Mike McGlinchey's play at right tackle on the O-line yeah I think maybe he's just doing his job and if you're doing your job for the most part they might give you a good grade or there's the plays that we're not seeing that he's doing well in I, I haven't reviewed this Cowboys game from all 22 angle yet but I, I do remember seeing some plays where he just got absolutely blown up and I think the more concerning thing is how bad he's been in in, in pass protection this season I don't think he's ever been this bad his in, his entire career so that's definitely a problem that they have to correct I don't know if he has some injury he's playing through or if he's really regressed but like you said he, he definitely needs to add more weight he needs more playing strength I'm more concerned about his pass blocking what are you seeing from the pass protection? Because you're right, it seems like frequently, and it's tough to tell, like when you go back and you watch the tape, Demarcus Lawrence beating him is one thing. I mean, this is is a fantastic player, but when you see the pass blocking, guys like, like Nick Mullins are quick release guys. They can get rid of it fast. He seems to process at least in the short passing game quickly, but but what are you seeing in the pass blocking that's not coming through from McGlinchey? I don't see a lot of power. Like, he doesn't have a good base. Like, he gets bull rushed a lot. You know, guys are just kind of running through him, and... The scouting report on McGlinchey was ever that he's going to be a mauler, but he definitely needs to add some strength and just to shore up some technical flaws in his footwork. It's just really strange to see how much he's regressed this season. I thought that he was pretty solid his first two years, but he's kind of a liability on the line this season. 
they're playing the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. Kyler Murray gave them fits the first time, which, I mean, it's, it's no surprise. He does that to almost everybody in the league. He's a tough guy to seize, a tough guy to bring down. He's got a cannon of an arm. Uh, is there anything you've seen from the 49er defense that allows you to believe they may be able to contain him this time around? It seems like the secondary, while it's been sort of hit and miss this year, Richard Sherman got beat a couple of times last week. Uh, he didn't make tackles on the outside. They were missing Jason Verrett in last week's game. What do you see from the 49er defense that tells you that they may be able to do something or, or give me something positive to look for for this defense against Kyler Murray when they're healthy I think they have one of the better secondaries in, in the league and I, I think Richard Sherman does struggle with some of the faster quicker receivers at times but he'll match up fine with DeAndre Hopkins and you know I'm not saying he's going to shut down DeAndre Hopkins or anything but I don't think he's going to get burned deep by Hopkins and I think uh, he can match up with Larry Fitzgerald I, I think it's, it's a bad matchup if Christian Kirk who's a speedier receiver is on him but when they're healthy they have Jason Verrett they have Jimmy Ward and Sherman and that's a pretty good secondary it's one of the better secondaries in the NFL they really need Armstead to step up and not only pass rush but contain Murray in the pocket I think Murray had some trouble before this 400 yard game he had you know he, he wasn't putting up the numbers he did early in the season I thought teams were doing a good job of rushing while keeping pass rush lane integrity if you keep him in a pocket you know sometimes Height could bother him a little bit, but that's a pretty tough thing to do with how quick he is. But I think this Niner team is well coached, and Fred Warner is one of the better linebackers in the league. He could help with the option game. Like I said, it's a tough challenge to contain Murray, but you really got to work on pass rush lane discipline when you're playing a quarterback like that. Yeah, because he can step outside and he can beat you quickly, or he can cut right through that line and beat you too. And and he goes into that slide and you come down on top of him. Sometimes you end up with a flag, so you want to avoid that. Quick thought here on, on an offensive player for the 49ers uh, before we get out here, Ted. And You watch a team that's not a spectacular team. When a superstar player gets the ball in his hands, a lot of times it's the highlight of the game or the highlight of the week. And Brandon Ayuk, for me, has kind of become that for the 49ers. When Debo Samuel's got the ball, he's exciting. Brandon Ayuk, same sort of thing. What do you see from him on tape as far as the route? running as far as the uh, the blocking on the outside for run lanes go what do you see from Brandon Ayuk and does he appear to be this perennial superstar on tape that we see week to week in these games yeah I mean when he was coming to Arizona State I loved the way he just moved like he's a really smooth route runner he changed directions extremely efficiently and he accelerates really quickly and one thing I did not expect to translate so well is his uh, his ability to run after the catch. I mean, he, he's incredible with the ball in his hands. Like, there's just times where he looks like he's completely surrounded, and he'll still be able to squirt out and get, like, four or five extra yards you didn't think he would, he'd be able to get. He's not as big as uh, Debo Samuel, so he's not exactly physical right after the catch. He has a really good sense of where defenders are, and he could kind of juke and cut his way out of there. And as far as route running, I think some of those – his ability after to catch, you know, kind of shows up in his route running too. He just has really deceptive body language and his acceleration in and out of breaks is very smooth. So I think he's going to be a future star and he's a great compliment to uh, Debo Samuel once he comes back. Ted, so much fun. Great point of views from you always when we get to talk football and, and nice diving into the Raiders and the 49ers. Both of them play on Saturday. So glad we could get your scope and your perspective on this, man. We appreciate the time. Have a great holiday and we'll talk to you uh, in the new year, Ted. All right, sounds good. Talk to you later.
Yeah, I always like talking to Ted. He, he looks at things a different way when he checks them out on film. And glad we could bring you that little football gift here on a Christmas Friday morning. Thank you to Ted. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. Hope everybody's having a Merry Christmas and a happy holiday. We'll be back with you on Monday talking Giants baseball with Kerry Crowley of the Bay Area News Group and the San Jose Mercury News who covers the San Francisco Giants. We'll take a look into the Giants offseason so far. A couple of signings in the last week or so regarding the pitching staff. So all stuff we can discuss next week. And then I'll look back with Brian Murphy at the 20. 20- 20 sports landscape. Everybody have a Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you Monday.